Hello, beautiful souls. We bring you conscious content filled with empowering information. Designed to align you with the fulfilling freedom of activated awareness. I am Rachel Alcyon. And I am Daniel Alcyon. Welcome to to the the Ecstatic Ecstatic Existence Existence Podcast. I'm so glad you've decided to join us today on the Ecstatic Existence Podcast. I am Daniel Alcyon. And I'm Rachel Alcyon. And we have a really wonderful guest with us today. She is a health, yoga, and massage expert who began her healing journey over 50 years ago. She's one of the healthiest and most vibrant people we know, and she's one of our best friends. Mm-hmm. She also grew up in Germany during World War II and has lots of interesting stories and perspective about this period in history. We are so excited to have you with us today, Brigitte Schmid. Hey, thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, welcome. We are thrilled, and uh, yeah, we've known each other for many years now. Yeah. Gosh, I think we met when I was... 23 23, and i'm 33 now so you got a decade of friendship there yeah yeah so we uh we met actually in massage school we met in a training a really really deep body work training the zen body therapy that's uh was originally created by uh, William Dubley, and he studied under Ida Rolf. Ida, yeah. yeah, and then he he actually paid for Moshe Feldenkrais's plane ticket over here to the U.S., and so then he studied under Moshe for a decade, and then he took all of that structural integration and fascial realignment to the dojos, and so this is the work that Bridget and I have been doing on each other for 10 years. Some powerful work. It's very powerful and wonderful. Yeah. And I'm so glad I uh, met Rachel, and I'm very uh, glad that our teacher put us together yeah. as partners yeah. because we clicked. Mm-hmm. Instantly. Yeah, instantly, right. It was wonderful. And we've been working on each other ever since. Yep, yep. Very we regularly. We keep Love our work. Healthy. It. It's very healthy. <laughs> We're actually going to work on each other later today. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Speaking of the work that you do, Bridget, we're just going to call you Bridget. That's the American version of your name, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or Bridgie, or Brigitte, or Brigitte. She's got many names. (laughs) But the work that you do, I've received massage from you for a couple years now, and it's really intense. It's so intense. I'll be screaming on the table, climbing up the walls sometimes. Swearing and, and Yeah, crying. sometimes sweating. Yeah. Like, All the toxins blast out of your body because it's so cleaning and healing. Right. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you then just feel brand new at the end of it. And then sometimes I've described this, like in my yoga classes and stuff, I'll go and be like, oh, yeah, I had a massage earlier today. And I just don't know how that little lady is so strong. <laughs> I just don't understand. So I'm interested in hearing your perspective on what makes some of the work you do different than most massage out there. A lot of the massage you might get is very kind of surface level, and yours is real deep. And so what's the perspective behind that? What's the idea behind that? And why is your approach so different? Uh, I didn't know I had this uh, strength when I started, but my teacher could tell. And they also knew that uh, I had a special gift to do this type of work. Mm-hmm. But uh, to me, I like I said, I, did, I didn't know about this gift until I got into more of the work. And then I realized that, uh, you know, when I worked on people, 
Dale would say that I have golden hands or, <laughs> you know, magic hands mm-hmm. to, you know, do the work. And as I worked on people, I, I realized that I could do things other people couldn't do just by touching people and they could feel the energy and uh, power. Well, and I think that the nature of the work, um, this is the difference between structural integration and just getting a massage. Oh, yeah. It's right? Because, you know, there's a recipe and you look at the mm-hmm. entire structure. And so there's a there's a component of, you know, unraveling something over here so that something else will release over here right. and um, making sure everything is in proper alignment. Whereas like with massage, it's like, oh, yeah, this muscle feels tight. Let's just squish it a little bit. And and we really, in our work, we get like bone deep and get to yeah. the attachments and the origin and the insertion, working the whole muscle belly and then taking into consideration the whole entire structure. Right. We start at the top and work to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and bring it all out. Bring it all out. <laughs> <laughs> and then one thing that Bridget does, if you get a Bridget massage, she doesn't let up. Like, even if you're like, oh, my gosh, oh, she just, she'll stay with it. You need a little say, bit more. Yeah, you need a little more. <laughs> she'll breathe you through it. She'll say, I know, I know, it's tough. But then in the end, it almost becomes it's... like a, a meditative release process because you have to just breathe with it and breathe through yep. it. Instead of clenching and resisting, you have to That's learn right. to, like, let right. go and let her into the work. Yeah. It's just like my teacher taught me. Mm-hmm. And he worked on me a lot. And he always would say, Bridget, I wish everybody would be just like you and let me do the work. Yeah, because people fight it. And when you yeah. fight it, it, it hurts more. It hurts more and you don't get the result. Right. Right. Because you block it. Mm-hmm. Well, and every physical, emotional, and chemical trauma is stored in the tissue. And so mm-hmm. when there are painful spots, that means that there's some shit there. Right. There's, there's either trauma or, tra- or toxicity right. or inflammation. Mm-hmm. Due to the diet. Right. Lots of that. I work on some people and I know they have gluten allergies. Right. How and, do you know that? Uh, because they're, they they follow pain. Right. They in, follow inflammation. And as soon as I just touch them a little bit, they already say it hurts. Mm. Right. And so it's so not they, even necessarily about the depth, right? This isn't like about her like putting on the, the pain and going really deep and going against people's will. It's like you barely touch people and because right. they're so fucked up, That's it right. hurts. It hurts. They follow inflammation. If they would change their eating habits, mm-hmm. they would have less pain in the body. And I know me, right. when I stick to my uh, really, really clean diet, mm-hmm. and even that word is sort of up for debate, right? People, there's all this clean eating is so fashionable oh, yeah. right now. Yeah, right. And I look at what the, they're eating. It's not very clean. Oh, I know. But um, when I'm when I'm eating really pure food, mm-hmm. the work doesn't hurt at all. Right. We've had some miracle experiences like that where you're going really, really deep, all the way down to the bones, and it doesn't even hurt right. at all. Right? Yeah. Because I'm so cleaned out. Right. And I can tell when I haven't been sticking to my lifestyle that I love. Yes. It hurts then. I can talk about that myself too. If I. Uh... <laughs> eat stuff at my children's or I go out. Right. Oh, I can't eat out And all. then, uh, or travel. You know, you're exposed to different stuff because you don't have your own cooked food. Yeah. You do have inflammation in your, and the way I noticed that when I uh, visit my sister in Germany, 
I do a lot of cooking there. I do most of the cooking there, but still there is a lot of other stuff. And uh, I stayed downstairs, so I had to go up and down the steps all day. And I noticed that after I was there four or five days that my knees were hurting mm-hmm. all the time coming up and down. And I said, what is that? I never had this problem before. Because your house has lots of stairs. Yeah. It's the it's the food. Mm-hmm. And so what lunch can you meats, say about that? Cheeses. Oh, the lunch meats and the cheeses, yeah. all the salt. Yeah, all the salt and then the preservatives, you know, all that stuff what's in there. Mm-hmm. It all stays in your system. Right. Goes into your joints and then it starts aching. Mm-hmm. But people can't. They go to the doctor and they get cortisone for this and cortisone for that. All they have to do is lay off that food. <laughs> you have a very, you do have a very clean diet, Bridget. You make most of your own food, and uh, mm-hmm. it's always a treat when we go out to your place and we get to have the lovely food that you prepare for us and pancakes in the morning. And but they're special pancakes, very special pancakes. So, what can you say a little bit about? some of your food choices and like what is a normal day in Bridget's diet look like? Ah, uh, okay. Um, it varies. Yeah. I, you know, alternate with a lot of stuff. I have some smoothies sometimes, you know, for breakfast and, uh, you know, I really hardly don't do lunch. I have some juices like you made and I have smoothies and then some fruits or nuts, you know, for maybe around one o'clock or two o'clock. And then you have an early dinner, like four o'clock. And then I usually have a salad. Mm-hmm. And uh, before I go to bed, have some more fruits and, uh, and some cooked quinoa and some cooked beans, you know, and for the salad and stuff. But this is mainly my diet. And we were talking earlier about how, you know, you'll you'll put all the, the, the millet and the quinoa and the brown rice and everything, and you'll have and that. And rice cooker. Yeah, you can cook it all together. And then you'll have that with maybe some kind of like plant milk yeah. uh, for breakfast, like, yeah. like a rice pudding kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, like a rice pudding. Mm-hmm. But for... that it's so filling that then you won't even need to eat anything until dinner time. That's right, exactly. And I uh, have my homemade uh, applesauce and plums. Their plum, plum and sauce is uh, good. put some flax seeds with it and flax oil and uh, hey, voila! Yeah, <laughs> chia <laughs> seeds and flax seeds. So something that we haven't shared with the audience yet, and they may have an idea because we said that she's been in the health and wellness industry and expert for the past fifty years, and she's been doing deep structural integration for about fifteen. Mm-hmm. But what is your age, Bridget? My age, I'm 77. 77, what a holy number. And I also am curious, you're not on any medication? No. She's 77 on no medication. And this woman, I remember a couple years ago, you had gotten those like that, those push-up things. Somebody, oh, yeah. somebody gave you these like, yeah. they're like these little handles that you put on the yeah. ground and you can do, yeah, you like, can do perfect, push-ups. the perfect push-up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. they revolve with you. They move. Yeah, right. yeah. And, yeah twist them or, yeah. And she was mm-hmm. like, hey, look, I just got these. Did somebody give them to you? Yeah. Yeah. That's somebody, a German lady. Yeah, somebody <laughs> gave them to her and I was like, wow, can you even do push-ups? And she just dropped <laughs> and did 20, like, bam, no problem. 
that was just a couple of years ago. And I was like, wow, she's really got it together. And she knows some things that most people don't. 77, no medication. None. Easy mm. push-ups. And you just sold your beach house. And now you're yeah. ready to travel the world. Yeah. I'm wondering... Have you always been this healthful and this mindful of your health? Or have there been some real turning points in your life that kind of led you into thinking in a more healthy direction? Well, there was. Um, let's see. When I went into, uh, when I went into premenopause, I thought my life has fallen apart. I, I started to hot flashes. I had, before that, I had chronic sinus infection for about, 10 years all the time. Wow. I had equilibrium problem for another 10 years. Because of all the mucus, huh? In the right, sinus. From, and also from dairy. Right. The wrong foods. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went to a lecture. I was probably 48. And it was Ursula Hall, mm -hmm. naturopath. Mm -hmm. She gave a lecture, lecture on menopause and on women's health. And uh, I met her through another friend, also a German lady. So we went to that workshop, seminar, lecture. And uh, after the lecture, she had 10 minutes uh, uh, with each client who wanted to talk to her. So I stood in line and I got my turn and I told her that I have this and this and this, you know, quite a few things. Because weren't you having some severe anxiety around that time too? Yeah, I had anxiety and also high blood pressure. Okay. So I had a bunch of stuff. Yeah, so that's pretty serious. You had anxiety, high blood pressure, a chronic sinus infection for a decade. Yeah. And, and equilibrium and problems. As women start to get older, you can fall, break a hip. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I had lots of problems. And then the hot that. flashes. And hot flashes aren't really even a necessary part of menopause. People just that's right. think that it is. Yeah, yeah, but it's, right. But that's diet-related, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. So I uh, told her all the symptoms I have, and she and then I asked her whether she could help me, and she said, "Yep, just come on in." And when I went in there, I had to fill out a couple <laughs> of sheets what I eat. Yeah. And then she said, "Oh, you got food allergies." Yeah. I said, "How can I have that food allergy when I eat this stuff all my life?" Right. But anyway, that was my turning point. I worked with her for about a year. I saw her maybe once a week. And, uh, and how old were you? 40-something? Yeah, I was 48. 48. Yeah. Young. I got rid of everything. All the symptoms went away. All the symptoms went away. But it took a while. Whenever I cheated, <laughs> I felt that. Yeah. You've, you can feel it pretty quick. Oh, yeah. Pretty quick. I got a reminder. Can't cheat. <laughs> but uh, and what I'm, would happen if you had a had a food cheat day? Well, right now my immune system is strong. I can do that. It doesn't bother me anymore. But at that time, it was weak, mm -hmm. and it did bother me right away. So the sinus stuff maybe the would sinus come back would even uh, equilibrium problem. Oh, I would dizzy. get the dizzy spells. Yeah, scary. Right. right. Yeah. So yeah. She was a big turning point. But before that, I always thought I ate healthy mm -hmm. because I never eat any junk food. But I had pumpernickel and I did had some cheese and, you know. But uh, <laughs> I did my own cooking and I... But, yeah, big turning point. I'm one of her clients who stuck with the diet. I still... And we're still friends now. I still see her. 
yeah, it's been a big turning point meeting her. Yeah, and lifetime. and it sounds like an evolving process, right? Oh you yeah, just had an definitely. appointment with her and yeah. got some things yeah. situated yeah. and mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, it's ongoing. It's ongoing work. This self-love oh yeah, it, it, it is self care. Yeah, it's not like a one and done but there's deal. There's a lot of rewards. Lots. I mean, I don't need to go to the doctor and get medicine. No, I don't have any problems. Right. <laughs> so, so you do save a lot of money by there. Right. Yeah. And time. I mean, who wants to sit in the office for two hours? <laughs> <laughs> so waste the time. If you were going to boil it down in a simplified format, what are the top three things that anybody could do for their health? The top three things that you need to do to live a long, healthy life? you got to love yourself. That's one thing. That's number one. That's number one. Be happy. Yeah. Food changes. Exercise. Yeah. Love yourself. Be happy. Yeah. yeah. Food and Food, exercise. Exercise. Yeah. It's a pretty simple formula. It, it, it's very simple. Yeah. But maybe not easy. Simple and easy are <laughs> Well, uh, for me, it, it was easy. Right. But it's not for everybody. Right. A lot of people need a coach. I don't. I can do it on my own. I can exercise by myself. I don't need a body system, a support system. I can do it on my own. Yeah, you're very disciplined. But a lot of people uh, need that support system. Otherwise, they, they just can't do it. And you know, that's a great point you bring up. It, I just had a person messaging me through Facebook, commenting on one of my videos, and was saying, oh, Daniel, you know, what's the next step that you think I should do about finding my own personal path in the world, da-da-da? And the thing I told her was, you know, it isn't necessarily that easy. I wish I could just say, oh, just go meditate on it. But the way that our brains work, most people need a coach. Most people yeah. will need guidance. They, yeah. Because... Right. Especially if you're looking at this woman was asking about finding her own purpose, which also includes removing your own blockages. And our blockages are invisible to us. We can't even see our own stuff. So we need to reach out to somebody else to get the support, whether it's for physical health, diet, and exercise, or whether it's for spiritual, emotional growth, Mm -hmm. to have somebody else point your shit out so that you can actually get to the heart of the problem. Because otherwise you'll just continue ignoring it or being blind to it. Yeah. Well, there's that blind of what comes down and they... Just don't see it. Well, the like, ego doesn't want to change. The ego wants to stay safe. Right. So you have to work. You've got to be strong. You've got to be disciplined and work against the ego. Right. And that ego will come in 100 times a day. Or more. <laughs> with right. their little, come on, get out of here. Not going <laughs> to do it. So you have to be disciplined and strong. And sometimes it's hard because that ego will constantly knock on your door. Right. You know, constantly. And I feel like in my in my healing process, I have needed a lot of support, right? I've had amazing therapist for years. That um, changed your life. Changed my life. I've, I've gotten support with body work. I mean, body mm-hmm. work is one of those things that you really can't do it on your own. So we no. support each other massively yeah. in that way. And, and we need it. We, we do. Our bodies really, really need it. Yeah, everybody I, really I've heard you two it. both say that really this partnership, like between Rachel and Bridget, you two are the only ones that do the kind of work that you do. And right. so you don't get exactly. it from anybody else. You might have no. other massage exchanges, but, but the specific stuff the you do is yeah. just right here. They yeah. can't really get in there. No, they can. You can stuff. explain it to him. I trained with somebody else who went to school with me. We were partners in class, but they can't do the work. It's just not there. They're superficial. 
Right. They don't it's feel fluff. it. It's fluff. It's just not there. And you cannot tell somebody that or, well, he knows it. He can't do the work. That's just it. But it has to come from within. And the fluff has its and, place. I mean, yeah, it feels good. Yeah. It can and bring, I, I mean, it boosts serotonin levels. Yeah. It, it relaxes you. It's yeah. fun. I mean, even if it, even if they are doing sort of some depth, you know, it can release a little bit of stuff. But yeah. I mean, the type of work that we do is like it lasts and it sheds layers and years of garbage. Yeah, it does. Right. One really funny thing that'll happen with both of these ladies when they work is, uh, the energy starts moving through and it comes through in different ways. And so there can be like some burping, some belching. Oh, like as soon yeah. as they start getting in there and start working, some burps will come through and yeah. they just kind of laugh. And the say, shaman's breath. Yep, yeah. Shaman's yeah. breath. That's yeah. the energy moving through. That's, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, energy needs to be released in a very various ways. You know, the the burping and the farting, laughter, tears. Yeah, all that all this is a way of releasing. You know, I mean, it and it affects everybody a little bit different. Mm -hmm. You know, and so sometimes when you're getting deep body work, I've had experiences before of having old memories, things that I probably hadn't even thought of. You know, for mm -hmm. thirty years, like since childhood, kind of come up to the surface and just give me one more opportunity to look at it and then let it go or process it and push it through. And that's because like Rachel mentioned, everything's stored in the tissue and then things all of a sudden that have been maybe locked down for a lifetime can get released. Yeah. And right. this is also what we're referring to when we're talking about the depth, right? It's not necessarily that there's more pressure, uh, but there is a, a, that level of depth where we're drawing things up from the, from the past that they can be released so that that, you can be more authentically you. you. You're not this person that had all of these things happen to them and you're walking around with that, that cloud. You get to release it and be free, like your original right. state, like a child. Yeah. Right. And the yeah. other types of, of massage, there are other bodywork modalities that get to that depth, but mm -hmm. your basic run-of-the-mill massage does not get there. No. Mm -hmm. It doesn't get there. And, it's, mm -hmm. and it can feel scary for people to even go there. It's quite yeah. vulnerable. A lot of people are scared. They don't want you to get in and start no, touching their stuff. No, I had people, I, they wanted to come to me for that reason, but when I started working on them, they got scared. They got really scared, and they they said they couldn't handle it. They wouldn't come back. And, you know, yes, there's, there is some, like, physical pain you got to work through, but yeah. like they're talking about, that's not really what it's about. I mean, the physical pain is mm -hmm. one thing, but then there's just other stuff associated with that. And they'll get, like, yeah. deep into the belly massage, which a lot of people don't do. And that's a really vulnerable place because it's yeah. literally our viscera. It's our, like, soft belly and our internal mm -hmm. organs. Mm -hmm. And so to let somebody else kind of, like, move and manipulate your organs is uh, really vulnerable. But so good. So and important. So good. And yeah. what people don't understand, too, is that the all that pain is already there. You're just showing them what's there. Right. Exactly. All of that... All the foot pain, all the hip pain, it's the belly there. pain, all that stuff is there. And they're walking around with it 24 hours a day. And decades. it's affecting, for decades, right? And it's affecting their quality of life. It's affecting their mental outlook. Their relationships. Their relationships, their productivity, their energy levels. And they don't, they don't know. And so when you start going in and digging around and you reveal it to them, they're like, ah, I don't want to look at that because they haven't wanted to look at it for 30 years. That's right. Yeah. And doing the deep work, it's kind of like sometimes it can be so intense because you might be releasing 10 years of stale bullshit all in one one-hour session. Yeah. 
you know, and so it's concentrated, but then you don't have to carry it. Yeah, and sometimes it comes out even later. A week later, two weeks later. Right, right. You can you can be releasing for right. a while. Or you have dreams at night. Whatever happened in your childhood, you know, all of a sudden there it is. Mm-hmm. And you let it go. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it just shows up like a, a TV on a, you know, like on a TV screen. And it happened to me too. And I woke up and I said, wow. And that is when I got some work done. Yeah. And so then you're free powerful. of it, though. Yeah. And you then... feel so much better. Lighter. 100 pounds lighter. Younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More more mobility. It's like... Right. Yeah. Vibrant. Effortless. Yeah. 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 So it's worth it. It's worth it to Very just do the deep it. work, look yep. at your stuff, purge it out, and then you can be free. Yeah. And, and it doesn't have to be super dramatic, although sometimes... It can be. It can be. Right. <laughs> but uh, the rewards are there. Yeah. And you're safe, right? Yeah. Really safe. Yep. So do you think that some of your your determination and your diligence, because like we were just talking about how like for me, I've needed some hand-holding through my healing process and you were able to just do a lot of it on your own, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the diet and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's, do you attribute any of that to being a, a child in in Germany during the war? I think so. Your yeah. upbringing then? It was part of my upbringing. I was the oldest of seven, and uh, I had a lot of responsibilities helping my mom, and I think that really contributes to a lot what I do now. I have the strength, and I'm determined, and uh, yeah, I so, would say... How old were you when when you remember there being the change, when, when the war actually came into place? Well, gosh, I was born in 38, so I was, you know, I remember a lot of stuff, but... Uh, and didn't the war start in 42? Yeah, and it ended in 40, uh, 45. So most it of your started young earlier, but it was, you know... Uh, bombing and uh we were bombed out what would happen when you were bombed out well my father was in the war and uh there were three children of us at the time and i was probably four my brother was two and then i had a little sister she was you know still in a carriage and my mom took the three of us and some just what we could carry, and we uh, fleed the outskirt of the cities with war bombed and uh, went out to the country. Did you and, go underground? Were you like, or you just were... No, we stayed in barns with farmers. Mm-hmm. We traveled by a foot, probably 50 miles. Barefoot? No. Oh, oh by foot, by foot. By foot, walking, you know. And the farmers, they fed us, you know, that's the things I remember. Slept in barns till we got into a bigger town and they had a refugee sent up for all the uh, families, uh, you know, who lost their homes and stuff. And we stayed there for a while. Might have been 100 people in there, you know, when you're five years old or whatever, you don't remember a lot anymore but I remember being there with you know a lot of other families 
mothers and children and grandparents, you know, older people. Because all the men were usually off in the war. They were all in the war, yeah, yeah. And then when did you get to, how long were you in the barn and when did you get to go home? And Well, we finally got a... I don't know how long we were in that in that refugee camp. What they set up, it was a big uh, a theater room, you know, what they used for. We had just, uh, I guess, uh, straw mattress in there and blankets and stuff, and we stayed there several weeks, I guess, till we got uh, a room and a kitchen to share and a bathroom to share in some bigger buildings, you know. And at that time, everybody had to, whoever had four or five rooms, they had to share rooms with, with a lot of the other people who lost everything. Was your home bombed then? Yeah, was it we had an apartment, and it and it was uh, not totally destroyed, but you couldn't live in there anymore. And then the bombing got really heavy. So uh, this is when uh, my mom, you know, decided to move us out. Yeah. And so then after you were able to finally establish somewhere and you're you're kind of back in your own, either a shared residence or on your own, and things are still very different. You have a hard time getting food and supplies. And... Oh, yeah. Yeah. We had uh, food stamps and you had to stand in hours sometimes, you know, for a loaf of bread or a stick of margarine or some meat. You only could get that much. So, yeah, and I was the oldest, so my mother always sent me out to stand in line. And a lot of time when it comes to your turn, they said, hey, come back tomorrow. Everything is gone. Wow. So everybody had to be, you know, disciplined, learning that. So you stand in line for an hour or two. And maybe not get anything. And Right, and come back tomorrow. Wow. And then if you weren't able to find anything, what would you resort to? What kind of resourcefulness did you did you have to employ? Well, we did a lot of, since it was farm country, we went out to the farm country, whatever was left, what the farmers left on potatoes or cabbage. There were a lot of apple trees planted on the roads, on the highways, and pear trees, and uh, plums. And uh, since I was the oldest, my mother sent me with a little purse, like pack, to gather up some fruit and stuff. Would you do this and every day? You'd go out and get food? Yeah, something. And then we had to get uh, to heat up. You know, there wasn't any coals available or anything to heat the house. So we, as I got older, my brother went with me and then my sister. We had a little wagon and some gunny sacks and we filled it full of pine cones and bark and little sticks for my mom to cook our meal. Wow. We did that for years, even after the war, because there wasn't nothing. You know, there was money, but uh, no merchandise. No resources. Nothing, you know. So uh, that went still on five, six years after the war, you know. Do you remember having fun with your siblings going out and collecting pine cones and stuff? Was this were you able to like be a kid and kind of enjoy this process or was it was it work even as a kid? Well, it was work, but uh I think it was we had fun. We played out in the what's you know, throwing pine cones at each other or just <laughs> you know, picking flowers and mushrooms and you know, yeah. Being kids. I thought from what I was thinking, the way I grew up, I never thought I was deprived of nothing. I never had that feeling. That's 
it was the way it was and you accept that and uh, I never had any regrets. But I talked to a lot of other people who also grew up at that same time and they had a lot of regrets. They were, they had a lot of anger towards that. But we never had any anger towards mm. that. Never. I didn't have any toys. I mean, I had a doll and uh, a little dollhouse and just maybe a month before the holidays, Christmas coming up, it would, uh, my mother would put it away and redecorate it. My doll got new clothes and so, and that was our, you know, our gifts. Wow. And uh, we were happy with that. And it happened to my brother too. He had a castle with soldiers and stuff. My father painted the stuff, he repaired it, and it came back under the tree. Wow. You know, that's one thing that is really lost on today's society, because we live in such a disposable consumer society. We just, like, throw everything away. But you talk about this repair, and you've shared some stories with us before about even with the clothing. You had the specific experience of what would happen if somebody would outgrow a sweater or it would get, Mm -hmm. like, a hole in it. You take that sweater apart, and you wash the wool. You gather it back up into a ball, and then you re-knit stuff with it. And you do the same with clothes. Like, my mom had some clothes that didn't fit her anymore, She or we needed something. She would give up some of her clothes, taken it apart, and make uh, dresses for us. So everything was utilized. Nothing got thrown away. And you learned to do that with the nuns, right? Yeah, I had nuns who... Yeah, from the time you, I was six years what old. Was the, what was the fee to go work with the nuns? What, didn't you pay them? Well, from one o'clock to five o'clock, it was ten pennies. Wow. Yeah. And they taught you how to sew and knit. We also had home ec once a week, every Monday. But uh, if you want to do that during the week, you know, uh, any other day, and since, you know, we were... A lot of children so my mom sent me there in the afternoon to do the knitting there or to uh, darn you know socks up and uh, to mend and clothing. so it was 10 cents and you did all of the mending of the clothes for the whole family and and did, so you got to use their supplies like they had sewing machines yeah, they and had the like sewing that. machines right mm-hmm. yeah and they supervised you and they helped you were they you nice know? Very strict. Yeah. <laughs> Very strict. Strict German Like nuts. you had to right. hold the knitting needle a certain way and the crocheting needle. If you did like this, you got slapped with a ruler or a bamboo stick. Wow. So you had to hold it like this. So yeah, there were certain ways. And you couldn't talk to your neighbor. You had to strictly do the work till there was a recess. Mm. Oh yeah, strict rules. <laughs> So that sounds like you may have learned some discipline. Very, yeah, a lot. And then my father was a disciplinarian on top of it. Right, wow. So. A lot of, lot of strict guidelines. So I had, from the time I was brought up, very strict guidelines. And so you talked about these people that did have some anger and regret mm-hmm. and about the situation and that you never felt that. Do you notice a difference in their health compared yeah. to yours? Yes. Do you think that that is a contributing factor? Yeah, it is a contributing factor. They had a lot of health issues and they did everything they could, but they couldn't get rid of the 
health problem because they couldn't let go of their anger they had towards the parents and towards a lot of other stuff from their childhood. And then there's a certain point where it's like there was a whole a whole society that had things that was kind of out of their control, out of your individual control. And so kind of what's the point of like harboring all this anger towards this thing that's so much great. It wasn't just like the father all chose to go off to war. There was like a whole larger societal thing going on. And so why get angry and hold that for your whole life? Well, uh, like, uh, like I had this dear friend of mine, uh, she always uh, wanted to play tennis. And her father said, no, you have to play the piano. And then she had anger feelings towards a lot of stuff. She wanted a bike, and her father said, no, we're going to buy something else. And, and just, uh, you know, stuff like that. I never had that feeling. We, you know, we didn't have a lot of toys and a lot of stuff but uh, none of us kids we were seven but none of us have that anger uh, feeling like some of the other kids who had more money than we did they had a lot of anger and in their adult life they had life they had a lot of health issues and I see it when I go home uh, once every couple of years and I go out to the village I grew up after the war Till we got back into the city and I meet my classmates, whoever are left, and they all have very serious health problems. Yeah, every one of them, they look like they're 20 years older than me. When I'm 100, I don't look like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's because what I, I take care of my body. Yeah, and that's what I love about you is that you have managed to keep your childish innocence and playfulness and, and energy alive yeah bridget loves to go dancing and wears yeah. bright colors and, and cool makeup and travel and, yeah. i like all that yeah that keeps my, my child alive and i feel it smiling yeah your inner child yeah yeah so some great takeaways today about how to remain healthy we heard the three things that you can do vitally important for your health simple but not easy love yourself and be happy Watch your diet, watch what you put into your body, and do the work, do the deep work, mm-hmm. get the healing, even if Exercise. it's even yeah. if it's scary, even if it's painful for a little bit. Right. In the end you get the rewards. The you get rewards through it. Yeah, and then keeping your childish innocence alive. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Don't hold on to that anger. So no. I mean, it's... a lot of us have had all kinds of different situations and most yeah, people listening to this show probably did not grow up. In in wartime, you know, in a country that was actually being bombed and had her home bombed. With no resources at all. So whatever happened to you growing up, you can either hold on to it for the rest of your life and be angry about it, or you can move through it. You can do the work and you yeah. can move through it. You can free yourself of all that burden and live your life to the fullest. Bridget's a great example. And that's what we're doing now. That's what we're doing now. And that's what yes. we're doing for our clients. Yes, same thing. And people say all the time that you're an inspiration, and I hear that about me as well. And yeah, it's because we've, we are. we've really done done the deep work we've and continue work. to do the work. Yes. Yeah. It never stops. It's ongoing. As long Daniel, as you're on this planet. Daniel, too. 
Yes. So would you like to give our listeners a way to contact you, maybe through email, if they have further questions for you or would like to uh, learn about your work and how to contact you? Uh, I don't have email. but uh, How about just email the show and we'll get a hold of Bridget? Uh, yeah, that would so be well. So reach out to the show if you have any questions for Brigitte Schmid and um, yeah, we'll pass yeah. them on. Sure. Thank you so much for listening. We enjoy bringing on a whole variety of different healing and health professionals. Everybody has a different medicine. Everybody has a different flavor to share. Right. And we're going to keep doing that. We have more great guests lined up. Yeah. And so I would love to support you in your healing journey. Again, I'm Rachel Alcian. I have the Wise Woman Wake Up Call starting May 7th, going through the 13th. And this is a week of pattern interrupt, right? And so this is what we've been talking about on this show is the different ways that you can interrupt your patterns. So join me for Wise Woman Wake Up Call, a week of seven secrets at 7 a.m. for seven days. It's going to be a, a way to kickstart your day and really usher in a lot of high vibe content and tips and tricks that are going to sustain you through a fantastic day. You've had some really cool feedback from, from women in the past that have joined into this program. Yeah, it's really fun. It's really transformational. And, you know, like I say, if, if you start your day off with a, with a cup of coffee in the news, then there's no wonder why you're depressed by lunchtime. And so, so you've got to start your day off really right um, and in the best mindset ever. And this is what Wise Women Wake Up Call is. And you get to get on the call with a bunch of other people and hear me rally you to greatness. You know, something that this is making me think of is how so often people will, you have a chance to start your day over fresh. Every single day is a new start. And you wake up in the morning and people go right back into their old crap. They remember the stuff from yesterday. So what Rachel's offering here with the Wise Woman Wake Up Call is first thing in the morning, you get to start your day on the positive note and not go back into your old patterns and cycles. So it's a really cool way, like she says, a pattern interrupt to break that negative cycle. And then I would love to share about some of the packages I have in working with me. You could join me for the Evolution Package, which is uh, one month of intensive work. And I have the Enhanced Evolution Package. This is a three-month setup. And the Expert-level Evolution Package, which is a six-month program working with me. There are numerous personal calls included in that and all kinds of additional offerings as you go up into the into the programs. So all of these are guaranteed to bring about the radical transformation that you're looking for in your life, whether that's physical, emotional, or spiritual, and usually a combination of all three. Contact me for more information about that. You can reach me at ecstaticexistence at gmail.com. You can check out my personal website, ecstaticexistence.com. And make sure to check out the Ecstatic Existence Facebook page for more conscious content. We'll have the links to all of these in the show notes, so be sure to check them out and get registered for Wise Women Makeup Call. It's only $77. It's such a great deal. Thank you all for listening. Come back next time. Tell a friend. Love yourself.